0: The Carolina Panthers signed a free agent linebacker on Tuesday afternoon. I'll tell you how that may or may not impact their draft strategy heading into the end of the month right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, and be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me if you'd like to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked on Panthers. Welcome to Carolina, Kamu Gruyer Hill. I hope you got I got your name right, um, a player I've heard of before, but not a player I'm very um, knowledgeable about because I don't even really know how to pronounce his name. Went to the old YouTube tried to figure out uh, how to say it. I think I got his last name right. Now his first name not quite sure but the Carolina Panthers have signed veteran linebacker Kamu Gruyer Hill who has experience as a starter in both Philadelphia with the Eagles and in Houston with the Texans. He has 37 career starts and 98 appearances but really what he provides here to Carolina is depth at inside linebacker and a key special teams player. So you now have guys like Sam Franklin and Frankie Luvu who are aces on the special teams unit here in Carolina, which is good. The Carolina Panthers, at this point in time, with 22 days until the first round of the NFL draft, if they're going to add some veterans, you're thinking they're going to add some depth pieces that can come in and fill in, potentially, that have experience. It's good when you have guys like Frankie Lubu and Shaq Thompson as your starters at inside linebacker. It's good to have players like a or Hill who can come in and can start, if need, if needed, and also has that experience and is someone who can come in and provide something on special teams. So the Carolina Panthers, they got to fill a roster, need 90 spots So they get down to training camp, can have 53 after that, which is going to be kind of a revolving door of players coming in and out of that 53-man roster, but having players of experience at linebacker, was something the Carolina Panthers needed. Now, Brandon Smith, I don't know what this necessarily means for him, other than, hey, he's going to have to prove himself and show that he can be that backup, and he's worthy of getting some time on the field this upcoming season in this new 3-4 scheme under new defensive coordinator Jero Overo. But now they have a guy in Greer Hill who actually has shown what he can do at the NFL level, and has been good enough to start in multiple locations for multiple teams that some of them, like the Eagles, have been a playoff team, In the past. So that's a good signing for the Carolina Panthers. Not an overwhelming signing, which, let's be honest, a lot of these during free agency have not been. The Panthers have been active. We'll go over more how active they've been in a couple minutes here on the show. But all the moves that they made so far in free agency have made a lot of sense. And they've set the Carolina Panthers up to go best player available. In the draft, and we have the conversation on Monday about their top needs heading into the draft. They're still talking about how I feel like they need another playmaking wide receiver, someone who could be around here for the next four-plus years. Really, you want to have them as long as you're going to have the quarterback here in Carolina, whether it's Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud you need to go out there and find a number one wide receiver. It took Panthers four or five seasons before DJ Moore became that for them here in Carolina after they eventually drafted him after his rookie year, took him into his second year in the NFL to where he became that number one option. The Panthers don't need to be in a four or five year waiting period trying to find that top tier wide receiver, which they had in a DJ Moore. So I would still like for them to get a wide receiver. Corner, that's still a need. Edge rusher, of course, is a need. I said that tight end's a need. You think about, hey, what happens if Hayden Hurst goes down, then you're back to depending on Ian Thomas and Tommy Trimble, and that's not an ideal situation. So finding a younger, cheaper option as a pass-catching tight end, I think would be a good idea for the Carolina Panthers, and linebacker was also one of those needs, and you look at it, now it kind of goes a little bit further down the list. And maybe wide receivers further down the list than what I had it as on Monday as one of the top as the top priority going into the draft at 39 particular, when there's still going to be some really talented players at all those positions we just talked about. Edge rusher, cornerback, linebacker, wide receiver. There's gonna be plenty of talented players. And Scott Fitter came out and said that he didn't want to give up that 39th pick because he really felt like that was the meat of the draft, was right there at um was right there at 39, right early in the second round. So really important for the Carolina Panthers to be able to hold in that pick. And It's also important that they go out there and they're able to bring in some veterans, even if it's not going to be brought in to be starters, but at least depth pieces, because then it allows them to go out and to be able to just get the best player available for them coming up in the draft. So now that Greer Hill is here, does that change the calculus of what they want to do at 39? I don't think so. I do Never really felt like they were going to go out there and get a linebacker at 39. Now, they could still do that. We'll see. Now, had Shaq Thompson not stayed here in Carolina, then you could have seen that being a position where, okay, the Panthers need to get the best available off-ball linebacker at 39 in the draft. That's not the case. And you could still say the same thing. Hey, they went out and got Thielen and DJ Chark. They don't necessarily have to get a wide receiver. I think it would still make sense to get another playmaker for this rookie quarterback, but they don't have to do it. It's not like they are their hands are tied. They have no other choice. Edge rusher, corner, I'm sitting here and I'm wondering, we still got 22 days. Are the Panthers going to bring in Jadavion uh, Clown? Are they going to bring in a Justin Houston? Are they going to bring in an older edge rusher? Because I still think they should do that whether it's before the draft or after the draft, I still feel like they should be in the market for one of those players. And you can talk about, okay, they got Amari Barno last year. Why not wait and see how he develops instead of going out there and drafting another player, which is actually a really good point. So that would make you think that, all right, hey, maybe we should kick the tires on a Yannick Ngakwe. We have Henry Anderson come back to Carolina to be kind of that edge-setting defensive end who can stop the run. Do you need to go out there and draft one of those? Maybe, maybe not. It affords the Panthers the opportunity. But right now, when you look at the edge rusher position, that is still a position when you look at 39. That's probably more important than a wide receiver. I mean, I would like to see – I personally want them to get a wide receiver. But as far as, like, what's actually more important, probably get another edge rusher. Now you're going to bring back Brian Burns. you got guys like Luvu and uh, Marquise Haynes who combined for 12 sacks last season and situationally can be good. And we'll see what it looks like with another year of starting experience – for Frankie Louva, because that was the first time he was a full-time starter in the league. Maybe he jumps up to being a double-digit sack guy. I don't know. Maybe Haynes has a career year coming up again next season. Who knows? I just don't look at either one of those guys right now, and I think probably the rest of the league is not look at either one of those guys and think, oh, man, we've got to really be concerned about them. No, you got Brian Burns. That's who's going to be drawing the most, the bulk of the attention when it comes to pass protection for a lot of those NFL offenses this upcoming season, and even last year. But you can find some other guys. Maybe in the draft or free agency, that can maybe take a little bit of the pressure off of Brian Burns. So, I don't think Greer Hill necessarily changes how they look at the linebacker position, but it even, uh, I think, highlights and accentuates the need to get another edge rusher. And in that corner, I've talked about this. Dante Jackson coming off of that Achilles, I don't know what kind of player he's going to be. We've already had our thoughts on Dante. He's been up and down in his career, but overall, he's just been a fairly solid player. If you look at him as just being, all right, a middle-tier, number-two cornerback, in the NFL. It's not like he's one of those high level players. He's been able to run into a couple of interceptions in his career, and that's really been one of those traits that had a lot of people excited about him in his rookie year. And he also was a player that. Honestly, just did not play with that much physicality until we kind of saw it the last couple seasons. And I like that, but his body has not held up the last couple seasons. JC Horn, his body also has not held up the last couple seasons. And I'm trying to sit here and say that JC Horn's never going to be someone who can play a full 17 game schedule, but just the nature of the league and how things have gone so far, you need to find someone else you can depend on. And I don't know. I really don't. Honestly, I don't feel like you can depend on Dante Jackson at this point in time in his career. Unfortunately, he's still a younger player. But he's got some wear and tear, and those injuries are going to catch up to him. So let's find somebody else. And you have, and also the athleticism and coming off an Achilles, that's a really tough injury to come back from, especially at corner in this league that's so pass-happy nowadays. You wonder if he becomes a liability while he's trying to get back to his old self if he can ever even get there. So getting a corner, that's still important. So edge rusher, cornerback, if you really look at what actually is the most important each of the Carolina Panthers – those are the two. I would love to get another playmaker because let's go out there and outscore him. Let's give the best playmakers around this rookie that we can. But I understand that edge rusher cornerback. Yeah, you got some guys that you really like, like Brian Burns, like J.C. Horn, that are going to be cornerstones of this defense. It'll be nice to find another guy to pair with Burns. be nice to find that next second corner to have. That can be opposite of J.C. Horn after Dante likely departs after the season. That's important for the Carolina Panthers. So, good move by signing Kamu Greer Hill, but I don't think that really changes too much of what they're thinking at uh, 39. If anything, it just tells them that, oh, yeah, well, yeah, we want to go best player available. Now we got a linebacker, we got a tight end, we've gone out there, got some wide receivers to make up for losing DJ, even if it doesn't necessarily make up all the way. We still don't have an edge rusher, we still don't have a corner. Maybe they do it in the next three weeks, but right now, Those look like the bigger needs at 39. So we'll see how it works out as the Carolina Panthers are still in free agency, still evaluating the draft, and they could be adding and probably will be adding a couple more players over the next couple weeks heading into the draft in Kansas City. All right, Eddie Pinheiro, he's back here in Carolina. His contract terms came out, and we'll take a quick look at where the Carolina Panthers stand as far as cap space, and they're looking like they're in really good shape as they head into the draft here at the end of the month. So we'll get into that here in just a moment. Unlocked on, on Panthers. But before we do that, the NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-swept first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-swept first bet up to $1,000. Bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com. That's FanDuel.com. To learn more. make every moment more Fandle, an official sports betting partner of the nba The Carolina Panthers decided that Eddie Pinero is the guy for them as their place kicker heading into 2023 had an outstanding season following that day to forget in atlanta where i felt like you probably should have been walking up i-85 north just to understand the pain not even walking driving through the constant construction in the upstate and understanding just how awful it is to drive between charlotte and atlanta on that highway that is seemingly always under construction just like matt rules football teams and let's go back to matt rule saying oh yeah we're kind of like the 85 we're uh, under construction Dude never understood that 85 has always been under construction. My entire life, I have not known I-85 to not be under construction. So that was not exactly what you wanted to say there, Matt. But now he's in Nebraska, so who really cares? But Eddie Pinheiro... Here to stay in Carolina, at least for one more season, two-year, $4.1 million deal with $2.25 million fully guaranteed, or million guaranteed, I guess fully guaranteed, uh, $2.25 million guaranteed. Uh, that's the contract terms. The Carolina Panthers, though, they can get out of it if Eddie Pinheiro, who's kind of been up, he's been down, he's been up, he's been down. He's had some health issues in the past, but he was healthy last year, was a really good kicker, and he made what, like the last 18, 20-whatever uh, kicks in a row uh, after missing in Atlanta that really hurt them and cost the game. Um, they can save $2 million in 2024 if they want to cut him. So if Eddie Pinero kind of dips back down to not being a great kicker, then the Carolina Panthers can move on. But the hope is, of course, that the Panthers have found their guy as it's been somewhat of a revolving door, and it hasn't been that bad. Like, Graham Gano, he has the injury. Matt Rule never even gives him a chance to kick for him, and Matt, I mean, Graham got his revenge week two up there um, at the Meadowlands, and they got the win. So, congratulations to Graham Gano, and the Giants, whatever. It helped get Matt Rule out of town, so I don't think anyone's really complaining. Um, but to get rid of Graham Gano, never really loved that decision. Of course, we can go all the way back to Harrison Butker, but that's a team that had some veteran players, wasn't really trying to put their playoff, Not hopes, but they didn't want to put a rookie in there when they already had a proven kicker who, yes, struggled, but won that battle in camp. But we don't need to really rehash that, even though I just did. But not having you know, and then going to Joey Sly, that was always a bad decision. God bless him. Just not that great of a kicker. He's gotten out of their opportunities, so good for him. Um, but Joey Sly was not dependable. Then Zane Gonzalez came in, was dependable, but then gets injured. There was even Ryan Santozo for a little bit of time there in Carolina. Then Zane Gonzalez – sorry, Zane Gonzalez last year. Now Eddie Pinheiro. So it's been a revolving door. But the Panthers the last two seasons have really done a good job by hitting on some guys that were available once the season began. And right before the season began, um, when you look at Eddie Pinheiro coming in, right after Zane Gonzalez got hurt in that final preseason game, the same game where Sam Darnold also was injured. So happy for Eddie. Think it's a good move for the Carolina Panthers. I would have loved to see some competition, but the fact that Carolina was able to trade Zane Gonzalez to San Francisco and get more compensation, I'm good with that because that's all I really wanted at the end of the day is to find out who the best kicker was and the guy who loses that competition, even though it turned out to not be a competition, wanted to find a way to, to send him elsewhere for some draft picks, Because every team in the league is looking for a good kicker, especially when you don't want one. And the San Francisco 49ers are a team that are trying to win a Super Bowl, and they definitely don't want the kicker being a liability and preventing them from reaching that goal. Now, as far as the cap situation for the Carolina Panthers, they're in good shape, y'all. They're not just in good shape. They're in great shape. They have the second most cap space. In the NFL, according to Over the Cap, at $26.795 million in gap space so plenty to sign to draft picks. Need about eight to ten for that. They'd like to save about six, eight million dollars for in-season signing. So let's go like about 18, say about $8 million, $10 million to work with cap space wise and that's probably enough to go out there and get one of these edge rushers for a one-year deal. Give them about six and a half million dollars, maybe seven. Throw some incentives in there so you can maybe get a clowny. You could get um, a Yannick Ngakwe. I, I I think Leonard Floyd's still available, but you can get one of those guys. You can pay them some decent cash. And that's not what they're necessarily looking for, but the cash is kind of run dry, and the Panthers. Along with the Bears, by the way, have the most cap space. And they just, of course, had that trade to get to number one Carolina had with Chicago. Those two teams have the most cap space. The Carolina Panthers, they have needs at corner, at edge rusher. There's plenty of guys out there on and, and the edge that I think the Carolina Panthers should absolutely look at. Leonard Floyd especially. Again, I I think he's available. I uh, was out of town this past week and so did not necessarily all that cut up in, in some of those signings. So I didn't think I saw him get signed anywhere. So they have some space to move. And... It's actually impressive when you think about them having the second most cap space because they have been very active in free agency. You look at the restructured deals, but as far as free agent spending, the Panthers are in the top ten. Third free agency here in 2023. They spent $60 million on free agents. When you look at those deals, it's not like they're paying them a ton of money and it's not like they're hitching their wagon to these guys for a long time. You look at Shy Tuttle, three year deal, 13 million guaranteed. So it's really two years. Von Bell, three years, 22 and a half, but it's 13 million guaranteed. So it's really two years. Andy Dalton, Two years, 10 million, 8 million, fully guaranteed. That's really one. They're probably gonna keep him for two years. Hayden Hurst, three years, 21.75 million. But it's 13 million guaranteed. That's they keep doing 13 million guaranteed. Really a two-year deal. Miles Sanders, four years, 25 million, $11 million guaranteed. Really, it's two years, eleven million. Deshaun Williams, one year, 1.75. Million. Adam Thielen, three years, 25 million, but 14 guaranteed, really a two-year deal. Justin McCray didn't pay him a lot. DJ Chark, one year, five million. Yes, they've gone out, they've been active in spending. But it's not like they're setting themselves up in the position where, oh, man, we're stuck with this guy for three, four years. We can't get out of this deal. They've given him so much money at the front end that it makes no sense or it hurts their cap situation. That has not been the case at all. Scott Bitterer, Samir Sulman really have done a great job of maneuvering the cap, being able to bring back some of their key players like Shaq Thompson, and then adding to all those position groups that I wanted them to address going into free agency. Uh, the middle of last month in March. So they've done a really good job. So I was actually surprised in a way, even though I shouldn't really have been when I saw that they were top 10 free agency spinning. Cause typically the teams that spend been the most free agency aren't the teams that go on to have a ton of success. Think about all those years where the Jaguars were spending all this money, bringing in all these players. How often were they going out there and ending up winning the AFC South? Not very often have that one year where, they had Miles Jack, and they had J- Jalen Ramsey, and Blake Bortles is not terrible, and they went to the NF- AFC title game and lost New England. That was like the only time the Jacks spent a ton of money, and then they figured things out. But most times when you see a team spending a lot of money in free agency, they're going out there, they're overpaying, they're doing a terrible job, and they're not ending up being one of those winning teams at the end of the day come January and February. Carolina Panthers, though, they're not one of those teams that have spent a ton of money to where it's like, oh, what are you doing? All the decisions that they made have made a lot of sense. We talked about last week, football outsiders gave them an A as far as, or it it wasn't an A. I think it was a B plus as far as free agency, but they gave them an A as far as what their plan was. And their plan was to put enough pieces around the quarterback to not hinder their ability next offseason to go be big spenders if they want to. And you look at it, an estimated $84 million in cap space in 2024, according to Over the Cap which is fantastic. Now, I'm not telling them to go out there and spin all that, and we're going to see that some of that money is going to go to re-signing guys like Jeremy Chin, extending Brian Burns, maybe getting a deal with, done with Derek Brown next year, getting another wide receiver. It's not going to go, I think, to just buying players. It's going to go to making sure you take care of the guys that are already in-house when you talk about those three guys they are going to be cornerstones defensively for the Carolina Panthers, hopefully, as long as everything you know works out. And then you can be in the market to maybe trade for a receiver if you want to, considering that they don't have a um, first-round pick. And I'm still looking at a guy like T. Higgins. If that's not going to work out, let's get him. Or they can go out and buy, and pay one of these top-tier free agent-wide receivers next year a ton of money. Or they can trade and have to be able to extend that guy and give him a lot of money. So the $84 million in cap space is there because the Carolina Panthers have not put themselves in a situation where, oh, darn, we gave this guy a lot of money, and that's going to hurt us down the road. They're now in a really good position moving forward because of what Scott Fitter has been able to do. Samir Suleiman, Dan Morgan, the entire front office by making smart, sensible decisions and giving the guys the kind of money that makes the most sense for the organization but also is rewarding them for their talent and their play potentially here in Carolina and in the past. So they have a chance to significantly improve the roster next season. But not just that, to be able to retain some of the top-tier guys on this roster, which is exactly what you want to do, especially when you have players like Burns, like Brown, who you've had multiple opportunities to trade, but have decided not to trade, which means, hey, you got to pony up, give him the money, which that's what you're going to want to do with Brian Burns. And I think if Derek Brown has another season like he had this past fall, you're going to want to do the exact same thing for Derek. So really excited about the Carolina Panthers cap situation. And even the, the Zane, not the Eddie Pinheiro deal, excuse me, the Eddie Pinheiro deal where, hey, You got Eddie on some good money this year, but if he's not very good, you can easily cut him, go find another kicker, maybe draft one if that's what you want to do, and you'll be in fine shape cap-wise with all that. All right, let's take a quick pause here on the show, and I'll come back and uh, wrap things up here on Locked on Panthers. All right, so we're still looking ahead to the draft here in 22 days, which means we're going to try to have as many draft guests as possible here on Locked on Panthers, and tomorrow got a really good one. Matt Miller, formerly of Bleacher Report, now of ESPN, one of their draft analysts, along with Mel Kiper Jr., Todd McShane, Jordan Reed. He'll be joining the show tomorrow to tell us who he thinks Carolina Panthers are going to take at number one, and is C.J. Stroud the safe pick? Is he the right pick? Who should they take? Is it Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson? He'll give us a breakdown on all the top four quarterbacks here in Carolina. We'll also talk about what should be the priority at thirty-nine what they could do later on in the draft at 93 and later on in the rounds after that. So we'll talk to Matt Miller of ESPN.com tomorrow about the Carolina Panthers and the NFL draft. So really excited about that show. So definitely tune in, check out that show because you're going to love it because I think Matt Miller does a great job covering the NFL draft and I think he's going to give us a lot of good insight and we're sitting here at number one. And we still have no idea who the Panthers are going to take. We think it's going to be CJ Stroud. I think a lot of people think it's going to be Bryce Young. I saw someone out there who's dead set that Will Levis is the guy. I don't know if that's going to happen, but hey, man, it might. So can't rule it out just yet. So Matt Miller here on the show tomorrow on Locked on Panthers. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked on Panthers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network hosted by yours truly Julian council subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast and follow me Julian council on Twitter at Julian council where on Fridays I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me if you'd like to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers in the meantime be safe be happy be whole as always keep pounding and I will talk to y'all and with Matt Miller on Thursday